This econ is racist. I have never ever been a spy. Can the PBS bank uh, The problem is that pinky. I'll never subject myself to whiteness. I'm listening. Can you have consistency, Honorable Chair? Corruption was an Olympic sport. They will always win gold. This is not a shift. Arms, can you please come in? Good day and welcome to another week of Sunday Times Politics Weekly. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Uh, you're in studio with me, Amil Amrao. I've got a full pack studio for you guys this week. I've got our, our, our politics team, Apiwe de Klerk, um, Zingisa Mvumvu, and Zimasa Matewane. Thank you guys so much for joining me this week. It's good Thank to see you. so many faces around the table. So much insight in this one little room. <laughs> We've got a lot to talk about this week, guys. Um, the big news already... Um, is the ANC and its controversial spokespeople um, in the form of Pule Mabe and Zizi Kodwa both facing their own sort of graft when it comes to sexual harassment and rape accusations deviled against them. Um, Shas, it's been quite a... It's been quite a roller coaster for both for both of them. We we are as far as we know so far, um, they're both stepped down voluntarily from the positions, if I'm not mistaken, um, until the time where. Um, the allegations are either proven or disproven against them. Um, Zimosa, you went to the ANC press briefing at Lutuli House um, yesterday. Um, what did you? What did? What came out of it? Um, what What came out of this whole thing as of Tuesday is that in the morning we had from sources from the NWC that both Pule and Zizi have been asked to step down or suspended. Um, Mid-morning, we heard from Buddha saying, no, actually, no one has told me that I'm suspended. And at Lutuli House, um, the SG, same day, the SG was saying, ah, well, they both decided on their own to step down, and the ANC accepts that. I think let's listen to what um, the, the SG's um, Ace Magashulia said um, in the press briefing today. The National Working Committee noted serious allegations of impropriety which have been leveled against the comrade Pule Mabe. I'm sure by now we know that story. And the recent one uh, against comrade Zizi Kodwa. And the ANC has therefore accepted their request. And this is what the, the comrades have actually shown. Comrade Zizi has said if there are such allegations which uh, she alleged, he alleged that the uh, fabricated allegations have uh, requested to voluntarily step aside while dealing with this matter so that he doesn't speak on behalf of the African National Congress. And Comrade Ule Mabe has also has been cleared, but he has also uh, requested that uh, he should still uh, be at home, uh, still work uh, for the ANC, but not as a spokesperson for now. After he spoke, Pule was on TV saying he's on study leave and that he did not voluntarily step down from spokesperson duties. So I guess there's there's a whole lot of confusion for everyone, specifically on the issue of a why is Pule being dragged to the Zizi thing? Because the Pule thing was sorted, right? 
yeah. I'm mistaken, the ANC's yeah. Integrity Commission sort of found that the accusations leveled against Pule were wrong. But at the same time, the, the, the woman who came out and 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 um, and, and reported Pule to the uh, Integrity Commission, wasn't she saying that it's all it's a shamble? Didn't she? Well, didn't she, 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 she did, and she did indicate that she had an intention to report the issue to the, to, to the CCMA. Um, as far as I know, that has not taken place. So when the SG is 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 in saying that there's a dark cloud on on these two individuals relating to these uh, allegations against them, and that they have decided not to speak on behalf of the organisation uh, because of that, how are they going to clear the dark cloud? Zizi has not been reported for rape. Uh, Pule has not been taken to CCMA. So I I I don't I don't know. I'm not sure if if the ANC knows what to do at this point. Ziggy, so let's think about it. It's not for us to decide um whether somebody is guilty or not. Mm-hmm. Let's look at the case of Zizi. Somebody has alleged um that Zizi raped them. Um it's not for us to say, well, she's talking absolute rubbish or she isn't. But I think what we need to talk about here is how this sort of affects the ANC. Um, going forward in such a crucial time that elections are coming up in just a couple of months away. Now, with without two of their main spokespeople, uh, Mr. Dakota Lokota, uh, stepping in now as the ANC spokesman, how does this affect the ANC's brand, um, especially heading up in this period when they're, they're the people who represent them or the face of their party are shrouded in these allegations? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, this doesn't augur well for, for the ANC, especially at this crucial time going into the elections. Uh, that, as you correctly put it, people who are supposed, I mean, outside the president, people who are in communication are the face uh, of the movement because they are the ones who actually communicate the party message more than the president because the president is also seized with other issues in the state. Uh, that is why, for instance, Pule has been full-time at Lutuli House as the spokesperson because that's the person outside the SG who who runs the the, the the party you know line and also Zizi Koto in the office of the president at Lutri House. So very key individuals uh, who had become the face. In fact, since uh, the new, this new uh, NEC, those two people, uh, it's, it's since their particular appointment into those key posts, they've been the, crital, the, the critical part of the ANC message uh, going into these elections. And now all of a sudden, uh, they're both embroiled in very serious allegations. We know uh, in South Africa, uh, the issue of gender-based violence and related uh, you know, issues such as sexual harassment and rape is something that is frowned upon by society generally. So if two uh, critical people like those who are the face of the movement are in, embroiled in these things, it doesn't augur well at all. But I mean, as Uzumas is saying, just to reiterate, I don't know why the ANC is saying these people must clear. The, where? There's no case against the other. Well, in fact, as far as Pule is concerned, I don't know what is happening there because the guy was cleared by the grievance panel of the ANC. All of a sudden, they say, he says, also that alone, I mean, is compromising. If leaders, like to, uh, like on Tuesday, like Zimas was saying, on Tuesday, ANC says Pule is stepping aside. Pule comes out directly and public to say, no, but I'm not suspended. I'm on study leave. I requested extended leave. And also, I think what is at play here generally is a balance uh, of factions. That's uh, that the ANC is engaging on. In that we know that Zizigoda belongs to the New Dawn uh, faction, <laughs> and Pulemabe uh, uh, belongs to the defunct NTZ uh, faction. You know, so so I, I think that particular message to say they are both suspended was in the interest of balancing the scales to say, comrades, let's cease fire. All factions here are suffering. You know, uh, because really it doesn't make sense for someone who's cared and there's nothing at CCMA. 
as far as we know, at least uh, against uh, Pule. So what what are you suspending him for? Mm. You, you know, know? It's, all, it's all very peculiar for me when um, this is the same ANC we're talking about who more than 10 years ago were, had its president in court for similar allegations and were well behind him, now taking action on two of its members for accusations that haven't seen a court date yet. Zizi, on the other hand, has said up here where that um, it's a smear campaign, it's a dirty tricks campaign against him. Um, what would you say to that? I mean, <laughs> would you think in this political arena um, that we have playing out in the ANC right now that it's a possibility at all? Um, look, politicians, uh, when they are accusation, the first thing they say is it's, it's a smear campaign. Um, the way it's playing out, definitely there are politics uh, involved. Um, how it came to be that you report, uh, you're not a member of the ANC, uh, it's something that happened uh, outside of ANC premises, there's no ANC event attached to it, and then you report it to the party. Uh, I don't understand how, uh, how 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 she chose that. Uh, but I mean, Zizi needs to come out and and, and 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 maybe hold a press conference to say, well, I did it. Well, I didn't do it. It was consensual. It was not uh, that that sort of stuff. So that we can even be able to ask him questions. But uh, this makes sense. This doesn't make sense. Um, for for him uh, in, in in the ANC, if he was uh, looking to be a minister after May uh, elections, it's gonna be tough. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be tough. So so if you look at it that way, uh, but also for the ANC, I mean, they need to 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 find a way where they are not seen to be. Um, uh, to, to not be taking serious issues of uh, women being violated. Mm. So I guess for the party, they, they, they sort of need to act. They need someone uh, to come out and, and say, okay, as a party, uh, this is how far we're going to take this and, and, and such that uh, women who want to vote for the ANC, who support the ANC, who believe in the ANC, uh, can say, okay, the party does take these issues of women serious. You must remember, uh, the president even had that summit where women were detailing their stories, uh, uh, horroring stories about violence, about rape, and so on. So it's, 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 it's a bit tough for them. Uh, well, the one thing that came out of it, I guess, is that the ANC's Women's League finally found its voice um, <laughs> after not speaking on anything for yeah, the past Yeah, but again, it goes back desk. to fiction. <laughs> it's <laughs> exactly. the women's desk. Like, yeah, 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 it's the young, young women's, women's desk. Zimasi, desk. Um, you want to add on this? This is, this is what I wanted to say. Um, when when the SG was trying to articulate this whole Pulezizi thing and suspended and not suspended and voluntary living and everything else that they are saying, um, he said something to the effect that both these people have denied these allegations. We still uphold the principle of innocent until proven guilty, but we are also sympathetic to the accusers because they are also adamant that they've been violated. Mm. So we think mm. this is fair. How it's playing out in terms of them not being the face of the party it's fair. If you guys read the letter um, that was re written to to Zizi by by Zizi's accuser, she was saying something to the effect of, "Every time I see you this on TV as a spokesperson, this thing comes back. This thing comes back to haunt me again." So I. I, I, I think it's fair that they are not in our faces until this issue is resolved. How? I 
honestly, I don't know. Now let's just move on to another big topic of the week. Moving away from the ANC, the DA launched its manifesto um, in Johannesburg on Saturday. Um, Apiwe, you and Zimosa attended that event, and yes. there's yeah. been a bit of mixed mixed reaction coming out of Musi Maimane's speech. Um, some people hailing it as this is um, this this was great, this is revolutionary. Other people saying it was just a whole bunch of hogwash. Well, most people I saw saying it was a whole bunch of hogwash. I know that the DA spoke a lot about economic growth. Um, I know it spoke about land expropriation without con- um, compensation. Um, I know that forms a lot of their manifesto. But Apiwe, from from your experience of Musi Maimani's speech, was it enough to really support um, for the DA coming come elections? I'm not sure if I, this is how I should be uh, starting this. Uh, my my talk. <laughs> 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 He's scared. Yeah. He's scared of Musi. Yeah. No, I'm not. <laughs> after 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 the the speech was done. A, a certain leader um, I overheard uh, talking to uh, a communications person to say, but chief, uh, where is the manifest? <laughs> 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 and, 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 and then the, um, the certain comms person showed the manifesto document. Yeah. And the guy went on to say, but I mean, in the speech. <laughs> <laughs> it, it summed up what that speech uh, was. I mean, uh, it, it was a bit confusing for me, uh, having read uh, that speech where he goes on about my father is a hero. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I don't That's know. That's what stood uh, up for a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, my father is a hero. Okay, so, but then... He didn't touch a lot on, on the manifesto. I, I, I was disappointed. I mean, when you listen to a man, a, 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 such a, man, a manifesto launch, you want him to take you through to what the party plans. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is a manifesto. It's a, it's a concise document. You can read it. And, and, and. But some people do not have the luxury uh, to go online and download the manifesto or, or so they would uh, either vote for you or not vote for well, you. I always thought the point of a manifesto what? launch was <laughs> to launch the manifesto, manifesto and, yes. and, and give uh, yeah he touched here and there but it was not enough I mean most of the time uh, he spent talking it, it was not about the manifesto or yeah. maybe I misunderstood no, 100% no, you didn't of the time him. He, for me he failed to, to, to sell DA party police, right? Um, I can say 70% of the speech was um, affirming what the DA stands for, which is something that I think most of us are familiar with. And ANC government failures, which is something that also we are very (laughs) much familiar with. It's our lived experiences, right? But what are you selling us? What are you promising us? Why should we vote for you? For me, that question wasn't answered at all. Yeah, well, I, I completely agree with my colleagues. Uh, I think this one is generous when it says 70%. 99% uh, of that speech was no, <laughs> was no way. No, but there was not a single moment, my brother. I watched that thing that I saw most. For instance, let me make an example with uh, and compare with the other mm. two uh, big parties. The ANC uh, president, Sir Ramaphosa, on, on, on their manifesto launch was reading the ANC manifesto word for word, at least the summer. That yes. most, the ANC does the actual document and they do a summer document. Mm-hmm. which is also distributed he read it for word for word 
we went to the EFF. Julius summarized because they don't have a documented summary. He summarized. He had the actual document and he summarized. He went through pages, paging. You could see him paging. With the moose, there was nothing like that. You could see the document was there, but he was barely there. He was all over the show like a pastor preaching to this <laughs> church. I mean, and also what was quite amazing for me as a result of lack of uh, uh, marketing, the DA is putting it is that the, so the stadium kept on emptying every minute. I mean, I was shocked. By 40 minutes, this guy spoke, I was like, hey, this stadium is getting empty. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think that's what pushed him to finally wrap it up because it lacked detail. It didn't say vote for me as a DA. It was just the old whining DA, ANC, this, ANC, that, you know. <laughs> so it, it was very disappointing, my man, to say the least. In fact, I think, as people is saying, overhearing a DA leader immediately after the speech saying that. And I think in the next whatever, what do you call these meetings of theirs? Uh, what what? Uh, FedEx. 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 Yes, that FedEx thing. I think this guy they are going to fry him. Well, the thing is that the DA has always been criticised for hopping on about other people's problems. So hopping on about the ANC and all their issues, hopping on on about the EFF, but not really giving people solutions. Um, I think this was the one sort of platform people were looking for to see what solutions the DA could offer going ahead into the elections. And, and, and did and, they do that? Did they give us solutions as to what they can offer for South Africa? Here's what I, I, I don't understand with the DA, right? Um, you say there is inequality. You say the ANC is corrupt and they are not helping with the current situation of South Africa. Their solution is vote for us. Mm. Their solution is not a policy that is going to deal with inequality, mm. especially inequality of black people. Um, someone who is in the politics uh, scene that I spoke to said they think that maybe because I read, I read the manifesto. There are policies that I agree with. There are some that I don't agree with. Uh, based on, on, on a lot of ideological differences that I sometimes have with the DA. But I would rather you give it to me straight than you not giving to me at all and presenting yourself as a holistic solution of everything and not telling me how you're going to do it. And that's where they always fail. I don't know if they are hiding that they don't want things like expropriation of land without compensation because it's going to lose them votes. I don't know. Look, um... Okay, um, having read the manifesto, um, it, when you read the document, mm. um, it's, it, it's, it's detailed. Yes. Well, agree or disagree. Well, well, can you tell us what's in the document? Because I haven't read it. I don't think many people have actually read the entire manifesto. Have you read it up here? Man? Well, what, what is in there that the DA is saying? And what's what new? Saying? What's new? Look, um, the thing about the manifesto, and I, I guess it's uh, the way the party is open, uh, as you were, is that most of the policies that are there, it's it's, it's positions that they've stated in, in Before, the past. Um, their take on triple PE um, is what is largely new, uh, but it's it's it's, it's it's you can see it's a formulation after those discussions which uh, the media has been reporting yeah. on. So when you read the document, there's nothing that jumps out. Of, uh, at you that is completely new mm. you see what i'm saying it's it's um, it, it's 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 packaged uh, that this is our our stance on on, on triple pe uh, this is our stance on expropriation of land without compensation um we wrote something on on on, on saturday on on housing and what they plan or uh, what what they see uh, they saying a housing voucher mm. uh, whereby they will give people who are qualifying 
that is who are earning less than 10,000 a voucher um, of up to 150,000. Um, uh, so that would be someone who's earning less than uh, what 4,000 is it? Uh, it's it's sort of like the missing middle of mm. affording a bond or not being mm. not affording a bond but not mm. being able to, to qualify for, for an RTP house. Yeah. But yeah. the NC also has a program for that missing middle. So is the, yeah, is so, the, so so it's a when you when when you 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 read the document they they do give you those plans and the nice thing about uh, the document which I found uh, very informative is uh, the where we govern section mm-hmm. so they have their mayors of uh, Tswane, mayor of uh, city of Johannesburg, uh, western cape uh, that sort and they detail although it's, it's also ha, propaganda ha, because ha, they will only tell you the positive yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as you would expect yeah. from all other parties <laughs> so, so so that that is informative um uh, but yeah i'm still on the on the, on the issue about uh, the, the speech and yeah it was a political speech that day. yeah it was a political okay, i think speech. what we're going to do is as we get into our election coverage from next week we're going to start diving into that manifesto the da's manifesto the eff's manifesto and the anc's manifesto okay. and look at mm-hmm. what they're all saying about different issues so so guys stay tuned in for that from next week um we're going to be looking at each manifesto separately um we're unbundling for, yeah we're unbundling those manifestos <laughs> from, as of next week and looking at all the different aspects we can pull from that i, I think cope's manifesto is going to be launched sometime Saturday. soon Saturday. Saturday. Are, we, some wall in are, are we keen at all for this guys uh, at all I, I requested to be flown to Islam. <laughs> <laughs> i think last thing guys uh, we just want to talk very quickly on is that the state capture inquiry is still ongoing we're still looking at escom and all the shenanigans that's happening there um, specifically around Marcello coco um the acting the former acting ceo of escom um escom's board chairperson um jabu mabuzo started his testimony on friday last week and he finished it yesterday on monday mabuzo then described various emails between coco and gupta associate salim essa um, when coco sort of came back from a four-month suspension in 2015 and basically Coco was sending documents to Salim Essa, confidential documents from within ESCOM, which showed that their various stances and policies on certain issues. So, for example, um, one of the emails he sent very early in the morning at 7.56, I don't think people actually went to work at this time in the, in, in the, in the public sector. It contained a document um, that comprised a response from National Treasury directing public entities on how to contain their costs. Um, the second email um, was the approval conditions for ESCOM's top engineers program. And then there was another email sent to Salim Essa, which contained a resolution by ESCOM's executive committee on the top engineers program, which presented a business case for it. Now, what the Gupta sort of did was um, that they, what they had done was they used all this information to sort of strike a deal with McKinsey and, tr- and, and get their company trillion on board and sort of score their massive multi-multi million rand contract with ESCOM. So they use this inside information, which we've seen in a lot of other elements of state capture. But let's hear a bit about more, a bit of what Jabu Mabuza told the state capture inquiry on Monday. This external party goes outside and say, hey, I've got opportunities at ESCOM. You want to take this opportunity? This opportunity is so much. Are you okay with that? Says, okay, but hey, you need me as a partner. Uh, me as a partner will be trillion, but I don't exist, I will create myself. 
then we will together go in there. Are you okay to go? This is, is, is what this whole scheming uh, finally led, led us to the Mackenzie and the, 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 the Trillian. Okay, so what Jabu Mabuza is basically saying is that the information that they used that the Guptas acquired from Coco was used to sort of strong arm themselves into contracts with ESCOM. Um, Zingisa, do you have anything to say about that? Yeah, no. Uh, thanks, Amir. Uh, Jabu Mabuza, interesting, interesting uh, testimony indeed, uh, man. And, and it also, uh, you know, brought into light uh, how deep this uh, project of state capture was at ESCOM. You see, but I, 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 I have a, a challenge or a problem, so to speak, with, uh, you know, uh, uh, this political analyst, what do we call it, Obri Machikri, mm. uh, puts it nicely when he says in South Africa we have a problem of, uh, uh, you know, when we analyze politics of making others angels and others villains. And the reason I'm saying is this is that, yes, Coco is now uh, beyond reasonable doubt that he was working for the Kuptas, and we know that the Kuptas had a project uh, to capture ESCOM. Mm. Uh, which they actually did, uh, in fact, you know. But you see, also Mabuza on Friday, he revealed that he was part, he is part of a business that is doing business with ESCOM. Also, it's shocking for me that today he's still the chairperson. It's fine, it's all good and well, and it's true what he's saying about Coco. No one is disputing it. But what about his conflict of interest? Someone like Mabuza, for me, after that uh, cheating admission should be removed immediately. But it's stunning that he's not being removed and it's again this issue of villains and angels, which I think it's quite is what sets us back in South Africa because we don't look at issues uh, with a principled eye. We look about the who and we react based on who is doing it. If uh, Mabuza was somebody else who belonged in a particular faction, so to speak, <laughs> they would have been gone by now. Well, Jabu Mabuza did say that he, um, the business that he is involved in um, he sets up his 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 shares into a blind trust, so he doesn't have access to it, and he cannot see what the company's doing. No. He doesn't have any. Is that good enough? Ah, oh, come on, it's not good <laughs> enough, my man. That's a serious political spin uh, that I would never buy. I mean, we know these people do all sorts of things to hide. If you had twenty five million rand in a trust. Would you not worry about it? Is what I'm of asking. course you would. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. You see what I mean? So you cannot worry about something that you are a direct beneficiary of, that you have direct interest in. So seriously, that's a, a political scheme. But hey, uh, Mabuza can... I mean, it's good that he sang and gave us all this kind of testimony, but I also have serious questions about him and his continued state. And in fact, maybe I'm rushing. I'm interested to see what's going to happen to him going forward. It's good and well now that he's done with his amazing uh, testimony. Let's see <laughs> what happens to him going forward. Well, on, on Tuesday, um, ESCOM's dodgy coal supply contract with um, the Gupta family's Brockfontein mine came under the spotlight. Um, it was when Mr. Daniel Mashiko, who's the utility's primary energy division boss, testified. He's, he's, he's an expert on coal production, and he, his job is basically to go out there and procure coal for ESCOM. And he basically went in to talk about how ESCOM um, awarded Tegeta's Brackfontein mine a lucrative decade-long contract. Obviously, it had not seen out the entire span of that contract, which was worth about $4.3 billion. This came even though um, Tegeta had not met certain requirements and the agreement was concluded without the financial due diligence being completed. There were a whole bunch of other issues around um, that contract as well, which came to the fore this, um, on Tuesday. And that testimony will continue today. And as the week progresses, I think we're going to be hearing testimony from Trevor Manuel as well, 
on um, Fakila and Balula and his little trip to Dubai was it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. trip to Dubai is not little. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it's the biggest trip you'll ever take. Yo, Some man. people took 15 trips. I mean, how much how much did Barula spend on that trip? You are calling it small, my man. Almost a million just on a, on a, on a vacation. <laughs> Anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining us this week. Um, as I said, please look forward to our um, podcast next week where we're going to be really digging into our elections coverage and covering all the different aspects that um, South Africa is sort of very interested in listening to from the political parties and how they're going to be dealing with the big issues that affect our country today. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you, comrades, for joining me in the studio this week. We look forward to having you guys here next week as well. <laughs> <laughs>